Hello and welcome to The Crazy Queer with your host, Mary Pins. We will be expanding on the wonderful history of drag and learning what drag has become today. From Shakespeare to reality TV, men dressing in women's clothes has provided entertainment to millions, while also giving queer people a safe space to truly express themselves. For this podcast, we will be focusing on drag in Europe and the United States. I'd like to start with the bard himself, as Shakespearean theater is a famous example of men dressing as women. According to the BBC, the theater had strong links to the church, which ruled that only men could be in plays. For this reason, if a play featured female roles, then only men could play those roles. The word drag itself is also believed to have theatrical origins, as the dresses the men wore in these female roles would drag along the floor. For much of the Western world, Shakespearean theater introduced the idea of men playing with gender and dressing as the opposite sex in a performance setting. Another historically important example of drag took place in vaudeville, which is also known as variety theater. Within this category, cross-dressing was very popular. One star was Julian Etlinge, who would remove his wig and reveal his gender at the end of the performance as a grand finale. He was extremely popular in vaudeville until vaudeville theater lost popularity in the 1930s. After World War II, multiple drag acts gained successful careers. One example is Dame Edna Everidge, who was a creation of comedian Barry Humphreys in the 1960s. Author Roger Baker writes that drag performer Danny LaRue went from being an offbeat attraction to being able to open his own club in London in 1965. After a short break, we will be back to discuss the creation of drag balls and the historic documentary, Paris is Burning. Drag balls originated in New York in the 1970s. Similar to a fashion show, Drag queens would walk the runway in drag to impress the judges and go home with trophies. One would win the title of Legend and Legendary, which was the drag equivalent of the Oscars. Many drag queens belonged to houses, which were organizations founded by a legendary drag queen. These founders would be called the mother of the house, and they would take up-and-coming queens under their wing. Not only did the mothers provide advice, but they also provided family, and members of the house would be able to take on the surname of the mother. In the documentary Paris is Burning, which documents the drag ball scene and culture of 1980s New York, we see the House of LaBeja and the mother of the house, Pepper LaBeja, is interviewed. Members of the House of Extravaganza are also interviewed in the documentary. House mother Angie Extravaganza and Venus Extravaganza, who were both transgender women. These houses and the ball scene were a safe haven for queer people, especially queer people of color. There's a quote I really love from the beginning of the documentary, which I believe really shows how the ball scene was very much a safe haven for queer people of color. So I'm going to play that now. I remember my dad used to say, you have three strikes against you in this world. Like every black man has two. That they're just black and they're male. But you're black and you're a male and you're gay. You're going to have a hard fucking time. Throughout the history of drag, we have seen it as a way for transgender people to express their gender identity in not only a safe way, but a celebrated way. 
It has also become an outlet for gay men and women to perform femininity and masculinity, breaking out of heteronormative gender roles. Going to drag shows myself, I have never felt more accepted as a queer person. I have also been able to see drag queens, kings, and non-binary drag stars be able to act out gender in a way they enjoy while simultaneously being cheered on. Additionally, (laughs) it's simply just a whole lot of fun. Coming up, we will be discussing one of, if not the, most famous examples of drag performance in the modern day, RuPaul's Drag Race. We will also be comparing this version of drag with the drag in Paris is Burning. In 2009, the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race aired. According to Jim Dames, the show is a mix of challenges, costume creation, and impersonations. We see the flexibility of gender throughout the show, with RuPaul wearing masculine clothing in the beginning of the show, and then at the end, judges the contestants wearing female drag. Before the mini-challenge, RuPaul announces, Gentlemen, start your engines, and may the best women win. Throughout the show, we see the contestants in different stages of drag, and all of these factors help to break down the gender facade. At the end, the winner, the winner of the challenges is dubbed America's Next Drag Superstar. RuPaul's Drag Race has been important for the LGBT plus community as it is a symbol of wider tolerance of LGBT plus people in America. The show has won multiple awards, including Outstanding Reality Program at the 2009 GLAAD Media Awards, and Best Reality Competition Series at the 2012 TV.com Awards. In 2017, Time Magazine named RuPaul one of the most 100 influential people in the world. It is important to note that though it is a progressive step, the existence of such a show does not necessarily mean queer people are accepted in North America. Furthermore, the show is running on specialty channels aimed at an LGBT plus audience, Logo in the US and Out TV in Canada. RuPaul's Drag Race being mainstream is a major difference between the show and Paris' Burning. While celebrated within their community, many of the drag queens of 80s New York ended up there either run- after either running away from or being kicked out of their homes at a young age. They also dealt with the daily threat of being hate-crimed when leaving the balls in their, dragged, in their drag. The aforementioned transgender woman, Venus Extravaganza, was murdered in a hate crime. While queer people still face discrimination in the United States, it being on television truly illustrates how drag culture has changed from being a hidden subculture. In Paris is Burning, we see that class is a major issue. As previously mentioned, many of the young drag queens are homeless and came from broken families. Pepper LaBeja, mother of the House of LaBeja, stated in the documentary that a lot of those kids in the balls, they don't have two of nothing, some of them don't even eat. For these individuals who were struggling economically, the balls were a real rich. Pepper LaBeja stated that it was a way to live out our fantasy of being a superstar. Due to being poor, queer, and often a person of color, the members of the balls did not have access to job opportunities. Two categories popular at the balls which reflect this are, executive realne- are the executive realness category and the high fashion evening wear category. This directly contrasts with the amount of money put into drag race. Content creator Bernardo Simos, who runs the Twitter account Drag Facts and States, calculated the amount of money RuPaul has given out on the show. 
As of 2020, the cash prizes have totaled up to $1,109,500. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is a spin-off show which takes the winners of previous seasons and has them compete. In total, All-Stars has doled out $720,000. RuPaul himself is certainly not lacking in funds. His estimated net worth is $60 million. He also got into a controversy in March of 2020 when he stated in an NPR interview that on his ranch, which is made up of 60,000 acres, he sells water to oil companies, which is essentially fracking. (laughs) A millionaire drag queen giving out a little over a million dollars cumulatively on his TV show is a sharp contrast to the poverty drag queens faced in Paris' burning. After a short break, we will summarize the history of drag in the West and how the culture of drag in Paris is burning and RuPaul's Drag Race contrast. In conclusion, men wearing women's clothes in the form of performance began with Shakespeare plays in the late 16th to early 17th centuries. From there, we saw drag in vaudeville theater and in acts after World War II. Drag balls began to form in the 1970s, which evolved into the drag scene, which is portrayed in Paris's Burning. Today, the most popularized form of drag is seen in RuPaul's Drag Race. These different drag scenes allow playing with gender expression and giving queer folk the the space to express themselves. However, we have seen a major shift between these two scenes as drag race has become much more mainstream as well as funded. Thank you for listening to The Crazy Queer with your host, Mary Pins. Hope you enjoyed the show and have a fabulous day.